Welcome to this podcast from Mess to Miracle. Christianity plays a huge role in the fabric of our lives. To be honest, life is messy. Yet in the midst of the mess, God still uses us. The fact that God does is a miracle. This podcast is designed to inspire you in your walk with God and connect you with people and ministries that could be a blessing in your life. You will hear inspiring stories of believers exercising their faith to create miracles in their community. Welcome to From Mess to Miracle. My guest today is May Renfro. May is a homeschooling mother of nine children ages 2 to 21, who lost three family members to sudden death within three years. She brings new hope, new purpose, and new energy to broken hearts with big dreams. He's a lover and a follower of Jesus. She's married to husband Paul of 21 years. May is passionate about being an inspiration to others who are going through similar struggles to inspire them to new hope and new purpose in life after tragedy and heartbreak and help women to see these times of difficulty as seasons of growing and shaping. Whether it's loss, abandonment, rejection, divorce, sexual abuse, or the doctors or diagnosis, God comforts, restores, and heals. Well, welcome. My guest today is May, and we're going to have a good conversation. How are you doing, May? Good to have you on. Hey. Hi. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm excited about being here and our conversation. Great. So I want to give you something easy to start out with. What's the best advice you've ever received? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, actually, I have two things. Um, kind of one is the, uh, spiritual and one is kind of um, not spiritual, but, both, but it's a good advice. Um, yeah. So I'll start with the non-spiritual. It's about... A couple of years ago, when I was really looking into kind of the speaking ministry and want to take some online courses and training um, that way, I came across this uh, YouTube video, Lydia's video about public speaking and, and advice. And one of her main tips for kind of new speakers and to get started was, she, she said this, don't wait until you are ready because you'll never be ready. And, you know, I thought that, that really helped me because, um, because that's the thing, especially with me, I thought, you know, you feel like try to get ready and you just, you know, you never like you feel there. It's not like you don't get your training and get your, you know, get prepared as much as you can. Yeah, um, sure. That's, that's really yeah. true, actually. Yeah. yeah I, I think in a lot of areas and things in life too, right? So if you wait until you, if wait till you feel competent, you'll never do it. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of got to step out there. It's one of those things you get to the point where you just got to kind of step out and start and then you, you get, you get ready as you're doing it. Right. You just got to dive right into that water. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're nervous or have some fears like I've had <laughs> in that way. Yeah. Um, and then on the, I'm sorry. No, what was your second one? Okay, yeah. On the, on the, on the, on the spiritual side, like, the best advice I would have to say is um, for my dad, from just the teachings in the home, um, um, he'd always say that with God there is no accidents um, and that we don't die before our time. And, um, you know, he just really believed that. And I heard that 
all the years growing up is that with God, there's no accident. Um, of course, that you know, there's sometimes people's careless actions can cause stuff or other people's, you know, careless actions. But I think mostly he meant when it, concerning life and death. I mean, that is in God's hands and it, it, there is no accident. So you used to always host, you know, with like, with, there's no such thing as accident. Um, you know, so in worldly terms, we call these things, you know, an accident, but he felt it was a purpose that God would allow that. Um, and the Romans 8.28 was his go-to verse, pin on that, that he always quote, um, and that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And so that's kind of where, yeah, he would come from with that. And that was just really instilled into me, and I would still instill that to my, my children, and that was just very instrumental when it came to, you know, our story and what happened in our lives, um, why I just really fell back on that. So I have to say that's, yeah, one of the best pieces of advice and things in life that really, really helped me. Yeah, that's one of my favorite verses. Tell us, okay. tell yeah. us something about yourself that most people don't know. Okay. Yeah, I um, am a bit of a miracle baby. Um, <laughs> um, so my mom was, um, when she was doing me, she um, got like one week overdue and she went to see the doctor, you know, the doctor's like, come back next week. Another week, come back next week. And the third week, and he's told her the same thing. So at this point, she's feeling like, okay, something's, you know, not right. Why, you know, if she knew her dates were right, you know, when the doctor was kind of thinking, okay, your dates aren't right. Well, she felt that they were right. So she actually got home from that doctor's appointment and kind of called another doctor that they had connections with in another town. She told him what was going on. And he's like, you get in here, get in here now. So they did. And then that evening and she, um, the doctor introduced her. So then when she was going into labor, you know, when it's being born, she, the cord was wrapped around my neck three times. So they were able to, you know, cut the cord and then could come come on out. But and um, the placenta had already started to rot. She had said, and yeah, with the cord wrapped around my neck three times, my voice was hoarse for a really long time. So um, I mean, sure, it was like you know a miracle that um, that the Lord can intervene at that time, and she, was, you know, she contacted the doctor. That's an so, amazing story. I think. Yeah, so I got something that I, my family would know, some of my close family, my close family, but a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't know. But yeah, I didn't know what else to <laughs> come up with. Yeah, mm. your your book was holding on to hope was um, was quite a read, and I like the uh, fact yeah. that it, you know it comes out of like I says, oftentimes out of tragedy, God does something to strengthen our walk with Him. And your book is kind of based on a, a tragic event in your life. You want to share with the audience the the story behind that? Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So that, that's our story of of loss and, and the tragedy that kind of you know uh, flipped the world upside down was um, it was April seventeenth of two. April 19th of 2017. And it was just like a, it started out, you know, a normal day uh, for all of us and doing our, our things. Um, I was a homeschool. Mom and I had eight children at the time. So, well, we had one boy that went off to, to school for different reasons, but um, otherwise, I, I homeschooled. And so, um, now that day, we just, my husband also didn't just have his regular job at the time, but he was helping somebody. So, he went off uh, and did that. And Morning said by uh, Clayton. Uh, um, so we had, yeah, eight. I said eight. Okay. He's the second oldest. And he was um, 
14, he, he was always very fast and efficient at school. He was just quick and good. I mean, his work was so good. He had the best handwriting. Um, anyway, so he would get done school fairly early, like just before lunch, I think. But then as after lunch, that he was looking for something to do to pass time until his other brother come home because that was more of his playmate. Our older son, 16 at the time, they weren't as close, right? They didn't seem to do, they, they didn't share the same thing. These other two liked to like go ride on their uh, dirt bike together or in the wintertime, they'd drive in the snowmobiles together, do these things together. And, and my oldest just wasn't into that. So he was waiting for his other brother to come home and trying to find things to do. Um, and we had a friend coming over that afternoon. Um, and he knew that, that my friend was coming and their son. And so he was looking forward to that. But he went out looking for something to do and then came in and told me, He's like, well, mom, I'm going to go over by the dugout and um, look for ducks. And, and so I was like, okay, hey, that's good. Um, we'll see you later. And I was um, just working on the computer at the time. I was working on a little book called um, More Than a Mother for, for moms wanting to encourage mothers. And I had been excited about that and hoping to get it ready for that Mother's Day, actually. So I, was, I had a lot to do. I was really trying to push on that. So every chance I got, I would, I would work on that. So when he came in, that's where I was sitting there. So I just... Kind of barely, you know, glanced up like, okay, great, bye, and uh, I'll, I'll see you. And and Addie went, but um, I I didn't know that was the last time I was going to see him uh, alive. And he went on. Um, I didn't know he was taking the four wheeler. He didn't say we we never allowed four wheelers for toys, or you know, it was just kind of get you from here to there. It wasn't, you know, they knew to respect these things. They we weren't to allow them like that. But he um, drove over there, and I'm not sure. He was by himself. We had to try to piece it together, but he apparently put a small slope. I dug out, they dig for water, like a little pond. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. The dugout is? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Most people should know. So um, it's just quite a small slope, actually, but it's steep on one side. But he, the way it was, he, he put, I think he just got in a wrong angle, apparently, but, and it rolled over on him. And so it wasn't until later in the afternoon, because um, when you're that age, I don't know, we, now we're more alert, right? They're barely gone out of our, you know, we're like, where's, where's so-and-so? Where, you know, at, at that age, you know, I, I was, you know, felt that everything should be fine. But when, so they, um, he was gone maybe an hour or so when um, my 12 year old uh, son, Sam, got off the school bus and their friend came. And so Sam said, he's going to go look, ask for a kite. And I said, oh, he didn't know about Doug. He's probably by the fort now. They had a big fort in the woods that they had built together. And so he went over there and I spent the afternoon with my friend then, um, probably an hour and a half. They were there. And, you know, I thought he was over, but Clayton had joined up with them and, and all that when Sam came in, that's when I found out my friend left, Sam came in and Paul came home. And that's when I found out that he didn't see Clayton. So we did know something, but we still didn't think the worst. Right. So when Sam, um, blew our vehicle horn to call him in for supper then he ran just straight over there and, and found him it was the quad was over on him and uh, and, and so when sam came running home to tell us he said he uh clayton's not moving something's wrong when they ran over there and flipped the quad off and and he had yeah had already been passed away oh that's tragic so, um yeah, just very, very sudden. It was just simply here one moment and gone the next. And, and when we think about what, how much time it took that that could have happened, it could have been in the last been 10 minutes after leaving the house, actually. You know, just a very short amount of time. Um, wow. So just, um, 
it was a lot kicked in, but I felt that peace of God right off and like I could fall back on what my dad always said. Um, I just knew that this was bigger than us. Like it wasn't something that could have just randomly happened. It was, it was like, this was his time to go. And we, we didn't know, you know, we wouldn't have known, but um, it was just, that's how I felt. That's all I brought. It was that the peace that you could not even explain. And um, I just started, you know, crying out to God. Of course we prayed that he would come back to life. We knew God could give him life. I, you know, we didn't doubt that, that, but we prayed and um, you know, but, but that didn't, didn't happen that it was, apparently his time so just had to start processing it and and uh going on i guess and so you wrote holding on to hope is kind of part of your healing process for this yeah i could think i could say that it was um it, it was healing just knowing you know that, that by sharing my story that i could be a help and encouragement to someone else to give hope because, um, yeah, when I wrote it, I was, I, I, most of it, I was writing it on my blog. So, and then I, when I decided to put it in the book, I just copy and pasted it, basically, and then had to do a lot of editing to make it book, you know, for a book. Um, but it's, it's blog post, so it has the dates and everything. So I would, so that was healing. So when I was writing it, it was more on a blog. And so I would be pouring stuff out, like I'm going through this and I write this down. And then if you're going through this, here's some hope for you. Here's a scripture verse for you. Here's a quote for you here. You know, when I was writing these things and just pouring kind of into someone else, I don't know if anybody, I didn't have that big an audience actually at all. So at the time, I can't tell you that very many people were actually reading that, but it was healing as I was writing. I've heard journaling is so important and healing and in, in when you're going through something difficult and so I think that um, that just served a purpose there and then now when I've compiled that and put that into a book now people are a lot of people are going to be able to see and read what I've wrote so and it's so timely you know we think about what's happened the last couple of years and all the people who've gone through all kinds of pain and loss I'm, I'm sure that now holding on to hope in these kind of times with as much death as we've had, people have had in the last year, yeah. it's probably very therapeutic for people. For sure. I, I think, yeah. With, with, yeah, a lot of death you mean from, from COVID and stuff, but just a lot of, yeah, stuff going on that's hard to process. And so we need the hope of God in that. And the, only the, the peace that he can give. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Have you heard from anybody who's read the book that reached out to you to kind of said this really touched me and maybe a special story that stands out in your mind no not really yet because i'm just you know really just sharing it i know so i have been doing youtube videos and then from blogging so had some people contact me from that and saying that it was encouraging to them yeah for what you're going through um so not necessarily the book itself yet but just other things that i was Reading and sharing. Sure. That way. So what was the most important lesson you learned on this journey of healing from losing Clayton? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now a word from one of our sponsors, For Freedom Mobile. If you're using AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, then you're being tracked. Mobile providers collect your location, communications, internet, internet activity, 
even your financial transaction. They sell that data to anyone willing to pay for it and provide it to the government without a warrant. Switch to For Freedom Mobile and you won't ever have to worry about big tech or big brother tracking you through your mobile phone again. For Freedom Mobile provides secure, unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data for just $29.99 a month, and it includes free internet roaming in over 200 countries. Sign up for the service by visiting forfreedommobile.com and using the promo code BRIDGEBUILDERS to get your first month for only $9.99. See forfreedommobile.com for details, just like the number four, freedommobile.com. Um, well, different things, but I, well, just realizing, you know, that we are not in control <laughs> of, of our lives and that, um, that God is the one, you know, that he's in control and not to take any moment or days for granted at all, you know, that, um, you know, especially yeah, when things like this that we can think that we've got things in control, have our lives mapped out. When things like this happens, we suddenly realize that we were never in control. You know, and I, I'm reminded of the verse that um, says that his uh, ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. That's in Isaiah 55, 8. Um, so just having to really fall on him, um, you know, trust and surrender more and it's, it's quite a few things, really. Yeah, I bet. You know, and just, yeah. yeah, yeah, like a long way to certain thing, you know, just being more thankful in, in uh, for life and, um, yeah, just not to take uh, anything for, for granted. Uh, at the back of my book, I actually, well, near the back, I have a thing that I wrote six things since I learned, that I learned since losing our son, um, it's just a several kind of random things, but and there, you know, it's not that I didn't already know these things, but I guess just more, you know, more in clarity. So one of, you know, I said the fragility of life, you know, um, just that our lives truly are in God's hands and not, you know, take for any moment for granted, um, and to really appreciate the and enjoy the lives of our children. And to see them as true guests. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes, you know, especially when they annoy us and stuff, but you don't always see them as the gift that they are from God, you know. And so to, uh, to be more purposeful in my parenting, um, you know, and that God is in the middle of our crisis. And then just to value our time more. That was um, one thing I just to really yeah, value our time and um, to realize that if we're still here and breathing, then he still has a plan for us. And so try to try into that. Then what is that plan? What is that purpose he has for us? And don't just feel like life is something to just, you know, um, sometimes people say just, uh, we're just doing something to pass our time, but uh, time was never meant just to pass our time. It's like, there's always something that God wants us to be doing, right? Fulfilling a purpose for us. So just trying to be more mindful of that. I think especially after I lost, you know, Clayton and I would talk to him, you know, I, and I talked to me more. It's more like praying that I would kind of talk to Clayton. I was just like, what do you want us to do when you're gone? You know, what is it that we're, you want us to be doing? And, and then I'd be kind of turning that into a prayer. So I that see. was, um, yeah, kind of a lot of um, maybe soul searching and just trying to really draw in closer and make sure that um, 
we're using that time wisely that we have that he didn't have that much time but we still have time we're still you know we're still here so mm-hmm. so one of the things that we talked about when we met um as we were communicating is your passion to encourage and be an inspiration especially to women so what what inspirational message do you have to share with people who are listening who've maybe had some tough times or going through some struggles now if you had a a word of encouragement what would you tell people right now oh wow and just keep hanging hanging on you know keep holding on onto hope um that's what I'm trying to share. You know, just that God is there for you. He didn't leave you or forsake you, even though it can feel like it. Because sometimes we go through those, so where it really feels like, okay, why did this happen to me? So just, you know, just to keep hanging on that he, and keep trusting, you know, and I, I don't want like, to see people get defeated or get down where they feel, okay, you know, I'm not even going to try again. I'm too far. I've strayed too far or, you know, I've done something that he doesn't love me or there's no hope, but just, um, that there is hope that we can get it. And specifically for grief, I mean, that do not, we don't get over it. We get, that he gets us, enables us to get through it. We do. There is better days. There is better days with, with, with grief and, um, get to where you can, you know, s- smile about, you know, memories that you have had with your loved one and not just every time it's not just a sorrowful thing. It was for me at first, boy, the first year was really rough that way. But um, when I would thank him, I see the picture up on the wall uh, that the funeral home had gave us this big, uh, big picture frame of him. I would look at it and then just like, that shouldn't be there. You know, and I would think, oh, nice picture. I'm like, no, that shouldn't be there. And I'd be upset. You know, he should be here, not the picture. Um, in that way, but, but now it's like I can look at it and enjoy it. So it's just like these things, it will get better. It will get better. You just got to um, take time to grieve. That's one thing. I guess big advice I would give is to take the time to grieve. I didn't, I was trying to be strong right from the get go, I guess, because people would be around, you know, and I'm trying to hold in the tears and try not. And now I realize now that, that, that is important just to really take that time to grieve and um, let those tears come. And, um, and that, that's, that's part of the healing right there. And then just really, um, just really praying. Um, like it says in first, the, First Thessalonians five seventeen, pray without ceasing. Um, you just you pray, 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 and pray some more. And and that communion with God is what keeps us keeps us going and the flow, you know, and keeps that that line connected. Um, I know I would just pray and just like, you know, just thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for this moment, Lord. To, you know, I want more of you, you know. I, I wanna uh try and more. I want you to fill me up and and uh, and then he will when you when you pray and you just seek his heart. You you have a pretty big family. I, I just kind of wonder as I'm thinking about how difficult this must have been. How did you and your husband help your kids navigate this loss? Um. Yes, it it was harder on some than others. Like I said, that the son particularly that found him. Okay, that, that he was twelve at the time. So that was really, and they were really close. They, they were, did, you know, like I said, most everything together and got in trouble together. But, you know, um, that was hard for him, but he, he seemed to handle it. For, I mean, he just had his, his time where he, he just let it go himself at the time, just cried. This is my, my husband just was really able to grieve well, I think, 
uh, very well that was harder on him than me because he was out there and seen. I actually did not see Clayton again. Like when I said, see you later. I didn't see him again until um, at the funeral home when they had him. When I got to go view him when we were making arrangements for the funeral, so two or three day, two late days later, and they had him, you know, fixed up where looks like he's sleeping, and I was just like, oh, he's sleeping, you know. And I didn't see that part where I wasn't out there trying to give, you know, bring life back to him. I had been at the house with the kids and. And, um, you know, people had told me that probably better just not, you know, see him at this point. So my husband really went through some stuff I didn't go through, but he, um, so he just really had that grieving process and then seemed to be fine. And directed for the kids, like you had asked. Um, we just, you know, we're strong in our faith. Like I said, you know, how my dad always said that there's no accidents and that's the way we told him. We just like, it was his time to go. And so they just kind of, okay, it's his time to go. It's hard. We miss him. And they, it took a while for each of them to process, and they all processed in their own way. My oldest son, he was doing a lot of writing, and so he he wrote a little book himself. I don't forget the name of the book, but it's kind of, oh, sunshine through death or something. Just a real little book, but that he started journaling and writing in that, and making that book like a couple hours after he lost Clayton, and that was kind of his healing way. And he was pouring into other people, and that. And, um, we didn't do any counseling or anything, and we didn't bring the children, you know, do anything that way. It just we just kind of helped them at home ourselves, and and just the process and praying together and and time, I guess. Yeah, that must be difficult. Yeah. So as you think about going forward, I always you always I looked at some of the things you talked talked about in your notes about okay. inspiring people to a new hope and a new purpose. What do you want your legacy to be? Okay. Uh, with the, um, yeah, well, it's just the giving of hope and, and the gospel, because without that, we, we don't have anything. <laughs> um, you know, so just adding, yeah, being hope, you know, to my part of the world and um, to help encourage, especially the women, since that's where I feel common ministries to bring, you know, help them, Come to a more close and intimate relationship with God, and I, that verse um, is really my passion. That verse, Second uh, Peter three nine, um, that says, "The Lord is not so slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, for not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." And so, I mean, I just kind of feel that for myself. I don't want to see anyone, you know. Uh, dying without knowing Jesus, but going through life without him and going through the tragedies without him. And so I have a really heart for that. It's not like I'm this big of a handle or anything by no means, but I'm, you know, God's really brought me to have that more compassion that I haven't had. Like I could see people really not think much of it. And I see them and I'm like, man, you know, do they know Jesus? And if they don't know Jesus, this is not good news. You know, this is like, we don't, you know, um, and, and just be more aware of, of, of that. So that's kind of, I hope that answers your question. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, I just want to really be a light and give hope in the, in the gospel. So where can people find your book, Holding On to Hope? Okay. Um, so I, I think my website would be the best place to go because I have a link there to um, uh, the self-publishing company that I use, Blurb.com. It's not on Amazon or the Global Network right now. I just did so when I went to, I have other books too that I've written, and then when I put them on there, it seemed like right off, they're fairly expensive because of the process of, you know, Amazon uh, putting on their amount, whatever. I, I just thought Burp.com is where I created it, and I put it, uploaded it there. It looked like that would be a cheaper place, and so then I've got a link on my website. 
Um, but if you go to blurb.com, they can just put in my name, probably, and my book should come up. But on my website, I'll have a link. I have a page that says Holding On To Hope, actually, in my book. And there'll be a link. And then on, um, and then another page is just says May's book, and my book is right at the top. So that would be a good place to find the find the book. They can also, if they can find, like, connect me and the things that I share and stuff. I have a page called May Renfro. Um, and then on Instagram, too, May Renfro slash speaker. Spell yeah, Renfro for my for my spelling challenge friends. <laughs> oh, wait, okay. So May's M A E, yeah, Renfro R E N F R O E. Yes, because many people want to spell my name M A Y. So right, one. exactly. And never would find you. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because many people do that. Um, so I have, yeah, I have a grief group. Actually, two grief groups. My son just started another one, but my main. My grief group, so it's for anybody anywhere in the world, um, is Grieving with Hope grief group on Facebook. But my son now just started one that's locally for our area, northeast corner of Texas. So I think he said it was for, it's the, the name must be Grieving with Hope. Like it says, Tyler slash Jello slash Longview, kind of that, that corner of uh, Texas. Oh, great. Well, thank you, May. I really appreciate this time together. How can they find you on social media? Do you have a Facebook page? Yeah, I'm May Renfro. May Renfro. All right. Well, just May Renfro. And you have a YouTube then, channel, too. What's your YouTube channel? And a YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah, so I do a lot of videos there. kind of mixed uh, stuff, but it's usually, you know, the spiritual stuff, spiritual insights, mothering, or just, like, hope and encouragement and those stuff specifically for someone going through hard things or uh, grief or loss. Like, uh, for instance, um, summer of 2020, I was going down to the cemetery where, um, in, up in Alberta. That's where, where I forgot to kind of mention that. We kind of go live between our Texas home here where we are now and our Alberta home in um, northern, uh, yeah, Alberta, Canada. And so we were up there. That's where our loss was. And the cemetery was two or three miles, a kilometers from our uh, place. And I would go down there um, and do these videos from the cemetery. It was hope in the cemetery is what I said. I said hope and encouragement and the least likely place to find it. So I stand on my son's grave. Uh, plus, my dad was uh, sat, passed away 2018 and my brother late 2019. So the three graves were right beside each other. And um, I would stand there and just, I would, whatever was on my mind at the time, I might read Bible verses uh, and, or just, talk about some things of, you know, help, grief help that helped me. And I would stand there and give this hope. And so that's on my YouTube channel. That's a um, uh, playlist, I guess you call called uh, grieving. I know. Hope from the cemetery, uh, summer 2020. Okay. So that is um, on there as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this time together. And I pray your book gets some traction and people can really find, um, the connection and the hope that they need, especially as we deal with grief, because everybody's going to deal with grief at some point in life. So um, helping people navigate through that pain is always important. So thank you for that. Okay, well, thank you. I really appreciate it, the time and space to get to talk about our story and our book that I do that too. hope and pray that it's going to be blessing and it's going to help someone, give someone else new life or new hope and uh, new energy. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week 
on From Mess to Miracle. Make sure you visit our website at https fromesstomiracle.buzzsprout.com. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would appreciate a rating on iTunes. If you simply like to tell a friend about the show, you will help us get the message out to bless more people. If you like this show, you might want similar content. You can follow my blog at www.alightbreakthrough.org. Be sure to tune in two weeks from now for our next episode. Just remember, out of our messiness, God makes miracles. <laughs>